Uh, this morning, uh, we are going to be hearing um, from Jay Sturley. Uh, Jay was uh, born and raised here in Albuquerque. Um, about the same time I was going to high school on one end of town, he was going to high school on another end of town, and we'll let you guys figure out which end was which. Um, and <laughs> uh, But Jay uh, most recently has been uh, serving as an executive pastor at one of the fastest growing churches uh, in the country as ranked by Outreach Magazine. Um, he's also uh, working at uh, Slingshot Group, which is a, a company that works at connecting uh, staff and churches together, uh, trying to help churches become next-level churches as they uh, seek out staff to help them in that. He's also uh, doing consulting work, and so he's here this weekend consulting with me and uh, coaching me and uh, also working with our staff tomorrow. And so, uh, Jay, thanks for being here today, Thank and you. we appreciate it. Yeah, so, all right. Thanks, Jason. Good morning. Good to see you all. It is such a trip, as I would say, to be up here preaching. I remember as a little one going to the old Montgomery building, the original building, and attending with the Lorenzans. I'm not sure if you uh, know them, a family long-term here. I was good friends with their daughters, uh, Shay and Bree and Tia. And so, and here we are getting the privilege to uh, share the Word of God with you. Uh, My family is here, uh, and so I just want to say thank you for being here. It's uh, a privilege. Life is full of so much, and uh, everything Jason said is, is true, but the biggest thing, if you hear nothing else today, is just to hear this. Living with Jesus, walking with God, with every breath, every day, is amazing. No matter where you're at today in your life, married, single, divorced, near death, brand new babies, What matters most is walking with Jesus and knowing him with every breath. Today we're going to be in the book of uh, two books, 2 Corinthians as well as Philippians. So if you'd like to turn there, feel free, Philippians chapter 3, beginning at verses 7. Before we dive into that, I have a few questions for you. What drives you? I mean, what really drives you? I'm going to be asking you some questions. might be new for you if you have a pen, pencil. The next 20 minutes of walking through God's Word together could make some radical gospel center changes in your life. Changes that will yield fruit. Changes that will bring help. Changes that will bring health. So what drives you? What motivates you? When we walk out of this room, what motivates you? Is it a an NFL game? Is it a walk with a friend, a spouse? Is it going to serve others downtown? What drives you? What motivates you? And here's the key question. What matters most? What matters most? Can you name three things? These are the top three things that matter most. And is how you live driven by what matters most? How you answer what matters most will shed light, will direct direct you to what motivates you. 20 years, 22 years, and three months ago, I left Albuquerque. 30 years ago, I was walking across the property that Montgomery Church is building on to go look at shiny motorcycles as an elementary student. 
My dad lived a couple of streets behind, and I would walk every weekend and go look at those motorcycles. He never, would never buy me one. Dad, what's up with that? You fast forward that 30 years. Three years ago, I was blown up by a car on my motorcycle. Broke my back, couldn't talk, couldn't walk. And it's a trip just to be able to up here and be able to share the good news of Jesus with you. It is such a joy. Also in those years, God's taken me to different places around the earth. I've had the privilege of sitting next to a prostitute's deathbed and share the good news of Jesus with her in Reno, Nevada. I do chaplaincy work, hospice work as well. I've had the privilege to climb mountains, to laugh, to celebrate, to cry, to see my daughter born and stand up before the church and do baby dedication. Life is full of all of that. And when I rewind that history, I challenge you to rewind your histories. Of all those moments, what really mattered? What really is of any value? Is it climbing a mountain? Eh. Was it getting hit by a car? That wasn't very good. Was it holding my daughter with her first breath and holding her up and dedicating her the very first breath that she took with the word of God in the other hand? And saying, Lord God, may she love you with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength every day of her life. That was a moment that mattered. That was a moment of worth and value. And the Lord God, Jesus he has a calling for us. He has a very clear purpose for us as the people who call themselves disciples or followers of Jesus. The Apostle Paul writes it in this way, Philippians 3, verse 7. I'm going to jump around here a little bit. It says, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, so that I may gain Christ. One thing I do, I'm forgetting what lies behind. I've lived 41 years. There's been great moments. You have lived, you know, maybe a, a couple months to maybe 80 plus years. I don't know. Forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize. And here it is, because we're going to be camping out a little bit, talking about the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. The upward call in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? What is the upward call? Well, you guys remember phone booths? You guys remember those? Who's under 15 here? Anybody under 15? They're, they're probably all in class. I take my daughter, she's eight years old. We, we were in Chile uh, about, I don't know, a couple years ago. And walking downtown, and they still have pay phones. I'm like, oh, honey, check this out. She was like, look at that phone, it's so big. But I remember pulling up the, next slide, I remember pulling up the, um, the, the phone books and opening it and looking for the phone. Remember these? Do you guys remember these? Oh, yeah. And um, we used to use these to make calls, and now we have this, and they go everywhere we go. But what is a calling? And what is a calling? What does that even mean, to have a calling? Some people say, man, I'm so passionate about photography that I'm going to go do that. I'm so passionate about medicine, so I'm going to go do that. I'm so passionate about my children that that's all I'm going to do. Passion is one thing. A calling is something different. You can have the emotion of a calling, 
And you can also receive a calling. We just celebrated Veterans Day. Yes? Thank you. If you're in this room and you're a veteran or you have family, thank you for your, your service. There's a calling, and then they send you on missions if you're in the military. And these things matter. So a calling, they are a way of life. And the Lord God, the Apostle Paul, he says, we have an upward calling. If we're Jesus followers, we have an upward calling. All right? Next slide. So, along with callings come barriers. You answered what are the most important things in your life. Okay? You have those things. The most important things in your life. Now, what might be barriers to giving the attention those important things demand? Who had family as one of the most important things? Show of hands. Family. Okay, yeah, very good. How much time, quality time, with this thing put away and the TV turned off, maybe you build a fire, in the last five days, have you had with your family? Now, this is some preaching material right here. Now, add up the hours you spent devoted to something other than that. Less or more. We all have jobs. We all have work. Many of us spend a lot of time uh, maybe at an office, uh, on a construction site, with our children in the home, whatever that is. And there's ways to live this upward call no matter what context we're, context we're in. But getting back to barriers. What are the barriers to living out a calling? Oftentimes, barriers can be fear. I just don't know what it's going to be if I take that risk. It can be security. I like how things are. I would not possibly take that step because I'm secure. I got a great job. Why would I make this change or that change? Pride can be a barrier. I'm somebody special or I'm just not good enough. Pride. Your identity can hold you back, can hold me back. Sometimes a barrier to us living this upward calling is just not even having awareness, not being sensitive to hear the Spirit of God speaking to us or to hear our friends or our network, or our church saying, hey, come with me. We're going to do this in the name of Jesus. Come, let's go. Awareness, and then oftentimes a barrier is just flat-out disobedience or just quenching a certain call. A flat-out disobedience, quenching of the Spirit, these are all barriers to living out our callings. I walked away from a six-figure job about three years ago um, and had no security after that but I knew it was the upward call for the good news of Jesus across the globe. My wife says, are you crazy? I said, you knew that when you married me. <laughs> but it has been some of the best years of our life together and for our family. I want to challenge you again. What matters most in your life? And tomorrow, when you wake up, tomorrow, when you wake up, looking forward to what lies ahead, the things that matter most, Will they be at the forefront of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? If you can say, yes, I celebrate with you. If you say, oh, I'm just not sure, meet with God, pray, make a list, see how you might interwind those elements. But Jesus followers certainly, certainly have a clear, paramount calling. 
I use the word paramount here because paramount means of the utmost importance. We all have things that are important to us, but there's two things specifically that God, the God Almighty says, these two things are universal and they are paramount and they're very clear. And here's what they are. The great commandment and the great commission. Ever heard of those? Yeah, not that hard. These are the two things, no matter who you are, no matter what your gender is, no matter where you work, no matter what your passions are, no matter how you talk or don't talk. If you're a Jesus follower, these are non-negotiable. These are the paramount universal callings. The great commandment. I asked, I was having breakfast with a, a, a professor two days ago. And I said, he's, a, he's been a follower of Jesus for 32 years. I said, yeah, the great commission or the great commandment. What is that? He answered, it's to go and make disciples. I said, well, close. That's the great commission. Another person I was speaking to, and he was in leadership, said, what's the great commandment? He said, it's to love people like yourself. No, that is not the great commandment. The great commandment is this, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is the great commandment. So, are we doing that every day of our life? And it's not just, eh, some of the time I love him with my heart. Eh, some of the time I give him my energy, my strength. Eh, sometimes I'm in a worshipful soul. It's no, all of your heart, he repeats the word, the Hebrew word is kol. All of your heart, all of your might, all of your soul, all of your strength. All, 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 all. Are we living that way as a community of Christ followers? That is the great commandment. The second, which is like it, is like it, is to love others as yourself. And the great commission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you. So, if that's non-negotiable, as Christ followers, how are we doing with that? How are we doing with that? Is that our motivation? When you wake up tomorrow morning, are these the paramount universal callings that you have embraced and that you're devoted to? Or maybe you're a Newark believer or you're just wondering, who is God? This is what he calls us to. If you're going to cross that line of faith, this is the action. This is the mission. This is the upward calling. And they're non-negotiable and they're very clear. These are the most important, the paramount, universal callings. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11, the Apostle Paul says it this way. Since then, we know that it is what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. This is a little bit of extra meat, of a little extra material on the Great um, Commission. We try to persuade others. For Christ's love compels us. There's the motivation. Not greed not fame, not manipulation, but it's Christ's love. Because we experience and know Jesus' love, because of that, we're overwhelmed of the beauty and that relationship that we're compelled to share with others. Because we are convinced that one died for all, that is Jesus, and therefore, he died for all. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Can I say, get an amen? Amen. That is the good news. 
If you just walked in off the street of Louisiana here right now, that's the good news of Jesus. That he loved you so much that God sent his only son, he died on the cross and rose again. See the right hand of heaven, of God in heaven. And he invites you to have a relationship with him. Freedom, purity, restoration, and a new life. Verse 18, all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us, here it is, the message of reconciliation. And get this, and working together with him, we also urge you not to receive this in vain. So, the paramount universal callings. Great commandment, great commission. You might be thinking, okay, that's all great, but I'm just, you know, uh, a 41-year-old white guy that uh, gets really excited. I'm not. How could I possibly live that out? How could I possibly be of any use? How can I do this? Well, good news for you. And working together with him. It's not the great mission. It's the great what? Co-mission. You are not alone. It is a co-mission. No matter where you go, in your home, in your workplace, in your school, in the hospital room, at the coffee bistro, wherever you're at, on an airplane, God is with you. God is with you. Love him with all that you are. And it's a co-mission. This is a picture at about 11,200 feet uh, last Thursday. The Sierras are still super warm. I live in Reno, Lake Tahoe. I asked my uh, wife if I could go on a little man venture. My neighbor calls it a jaycation. And I went out uh, just by myself on about a 28-mile romp through the high Sierras. But I was alone. And this is why I put the picture up here. There's little red boots. Can you see those red boots? Once you get a certain distance from a highway or a trailhead, the risk just continues to increase. You guys get that? You scramble up some of these rocks, you fall over, you break a hip, you hit your head, you knocked out, whatever. I was very much alone. God was with me, but very much alone. Walking with Jesus is nothing like that. Walking with Jesus is absolutely a mountaintop experience, but you are not alone. It is a commission. Now, in addition to these universal callings, There are paramount, unique callings. What do I mean by that? Well, how we live out the great commandment and the great commission will look differently because we're all different. We each have a unique DNA. Blonde hair, no hair, some hair. Uh, White hair, black hair. We all have this different DNA, personalities, spiritual giftings. These are unique. They're given by God for the building up for the body and the witness of the good news of Jesus. We all live in different locations. You who call Albuquerque home is different. God sent me to Reno 22 years and three months ago. And we each have different convictions. Some things really fire us up. So these are our unique callings. So let me make this very clear. There is a non-negotiable direct calling. No matter who you are, if you call yourself a Jesus follower, we are to love the God with all that we are, and to live out the Great Commission. That makes sense? No matter. Okay, now, we do those two things in our own style, in our own way, because that's how God made it for us to do. Moses 
You guys remember that guy? Great beard, I think. I think the millennials are really onto something with these long beards and stuff. Uh, but Moses, his unique calling in the kingdom of God was to lead the nation out of slavery and bondage, spend 40 years camping out in the desert. Sounds really fun. And when you get to the place that I'm sending you, you can't go across this thing called the Jordan River. Remember this story? This is a picture of the Jordan River. It doesn't look very treacherous, doesn't look very big, but you know what? It was a big deal because on the other side of that river, there were some big, mean people that Israel was super scared, and they're homeless, and they're homeless. It's not like there's like 100 of them. There's millions of people, but this was his unique calling, and here's what I want you to hear again. You're not alone. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you, Moses, that goes ahead of you, Montgomery Church, He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Do not let those barriers hinder you from taking these steps of devotion unto your God. Cross that river. What is the river in your life today? Where has God called you to go? Where is God calling Montgomery Church to go? What is this Jordan River? Will you cross it? Moses didn't get to because he got tripped up. Are we getting tripped up? Are we putting barriers in our lives where we will not cross the Jordan River? Two principles here. There's nothing like knowing God and there's nothing like following God. To know God, it means you hear his voice. You trust him. You're growing in maturity. You can be at rest because you know that he's at work and he's working through you. And there's nothing like following God, to have a new identity, to be a new creature, to have a family. You know, like if you're a single mom or maybe you were in the adoption uh, foster system and you don't know who your parents are or whatever, do you know that this is a new family? That's what God calls it. The body of Christ, we are a family. Even says, you know, better is a, a close friend than a brother's far away. I've been a thousand miles from my brother sitting back here. There's been times when I call him just crying or excited, and he can only do so much. I can walk across the street to a friend who's another believer, and that bond is almost as close. It may not be in blood, but we are together. We're brothers in the faith. So there's nothing like following God. You get gain a family. You get to live on purpose and be a minister of reconciliation. Now, in my personal unique calling, I hope this motivates you. I share this only to encourage you and to exhort you because this has been my Jordan River. Can I share that with you? I get a little personal. It's not that personal. But this is a picture of a young Kurdish boy. Anybody ever heard of the Kurds? What recently happened to the Kurds? The Turks were what? Yeah, the Turks are bombing them. Syrian Kurds, there's many Kurds. Um, This little rascal, this little boy, I can't wait to meet him. Um, my nephew, who's, who's overseas right now, will be with me coming from Albuquerque to Iraq in March. We were scheduled to go a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, but Turkey opened war. So we said, you know what? We better just stand down for a few months. We can still get the work done. I share this with you because there's passages in Scripture that are going to grip your heart. There's passages of Scripture as you read that God's just going to breathe life into you. And they're going to be like a lifelong verse. You ever heard of that? A lifelong verse. When you grasp and attain that, that verse, 
It's going to launch you into your calling most likely. One for me and my family has always been James 1.27, which says, Pure and undevoted religion in the sight of our Lord and Father is to this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Do you have to go to Iraq to do this? Heck no. Can you just walk down the street and do this? Cross the street and do this? Yes. Iraq has been put on my heart through different relationships and people. Doesn't mean it has to be your unique calling. That's mine. It's my first time. I'm scared to death. My wife is scared to death. I got a little eight-year-old blondie girl who wants to go with me. <laughs> she doesn't know any better. Can I come with you? I'm like, yeah, maybe next time, you know? But I share you this because these lives matter. To love God with all that we are matters. To go matters. Because little boys just like this wake up every day in this city and they need you. They need Jesus. And we are the administrators, the, the ministers of reconciliation. That's who you are. That's your job assignment. I can't wait to meet him. Availability shows value. Action shows devotion. You ever walked into a business and they have a mission statement? We value all people. We're kind. We're the best company in the world. And the person by the, behind the counter, behind the laptop is just like, next. You're like, I thought you have values. But, you, but they're living, they're, they're serving you, they're doing the work completely different, right? It's easy to say, I value something. It's very easy to say, oh, these things matter to me. I'm a good person. You know, you go in for a job interview. Yeah, these things really matter to me. Coachable, I'm humble, I'm experienced. And then you get in there and you just like blow the joint up. So there is great value in having availability. Let me break this down. It's one thing to have value it's another than to have availability to live out those values. If you value relationships with others outside of Montgomery Church, how available are you when you drive home at night? Garage door up, garage door down, lights off, done. Don't talk to me, I'm home, this is my sacred space. Or do you leave that door open for 10 minutes and hang out? Do you walk across to the, the mailbox and talk to a neighbor? Availability, we have to make room in our busy lives you know why we're busy? Because we choose to be. Does God call you to be busy? Busy with the things that matter. <laughs> yeah? Busy with the things that matter. We have to tune in and hone in our life. Man, this is preaching. Some guys are looking at me like, whoa, dude, whoa, whoa, chill out, simmer down. That's why I have a stool. It makes me uh, simmer down a little bit. We must have availability because that shows what we value. And then we must have action. Action shows devotion. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to say, I love the Lord with all my heart. I've memorized 18 books of the Bible, and I'm working on the next, what, 66 minus 18. You scholars in here can figure that out for me. Uh, I'm just going to sit here and do that. And once I know the whole Bible, then I'll actually talk to somebody. <clears throat> Wrong. Knowing the Bible is important. Loving God with all of your mind matters. And there's three other elements. Your strength, your soul, your heart, right? Availability shows value. Action shows devotion. Okay, 
Here's a picture of a golf course. Any golfers in the room? Yeah, a few. All right. This hole looks fun, yeah? You want to go play this? Yeah, it looks green. Does not look like New Mexico. That is for sure. There's a lightning bolt on there because the opportunity to share the good news of Jesus can happen at any moment. It could be in the van when you're getting shuttled to your place of work. It could be in the nursery when you're holding your baby. It could be in the Walmart bathroom. Last time I got to share the good news of Jesus was last Tuesday. I'm on a golf course. This guy is cussing like a sailor. I'm like, I don't even want to play with this guy. After three holes, I'm just done. I'm like, I just, I'm going to jump sides of the course. I'm going to go do something else. This isn't cool. But I was convicted. And on the 12th hole, I got to share the good news of Jesus with him. He says, what do you do? What do you do? Oh, glad you asked. You know, I kind of do this, kind of do that. And I said, you know what? I, and it, was, it wasn't hard. I just said, you know what? I would be a horrible Jesus follower if I didn't tell you something. He's like, tell me what? Jesus loves you. He died on the sin, died on the cross for your sins. And I just shared the gospel with him. He's like, thanks, man. That's really cool. He's a mountain climber, it turns out, and we're going to go climbing in two weeks together. God is bringing these relationships in. Who comes to mind? On, when you came in, there's a paper on your seat. I want you to pull that out. Pull that out. It's called a go, go people. See that? This is your take-home assignment from Pastor Jason. <laughs> to sort through who are the people in your world that you can pray for, that you can invest in, that you can invite, and that who you can uh, be prepared to share the good news of Jesus. I just want to call your attention to that. I triple dog dare you. Christmas is coming up. Perfect time for that quote. I triple dog dare you to... Write these names down, follow the instructions, and begin to just be available for the great commission and great commandment. So what now? So what now? I have a few more questions for you, and we're going to wrap up. So what now? How will we respond? Will you believe in the good news of Jesus? Will you believe in Jesus? Like the young man on the golf course, cussing up a storm. Will you that is the line. For some people, that's the Jordan River. That is the, the, a symbolic way to look at the gospel. It's crossing that line of faith, perhaps. Will you believe the good news of Jesus? How will you, how will we be devoted in heart, soul, mind, and strength? Don't just like, oh, those are great questions. Like, think about these. This, this matters to God. Where do we need to repent? Ooh, ooh, the R word. It's okay to repent. I've been addicted to so many things over my life, whether it's rock climbing or um, alcohol or um, prestige. You've got to repent of those things and move on. 1 John 1, 1.9 is a pretty great verse. If we confess our sins, Christ is faithful. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Where do we need to repent? How will we update our daily living rhythms? Who keeps the calendar? Anybody? Yeah? When do you schedule, I'm going to take my daughter on a date? Is it in your schedule? I'm going to write my wife a card. I'm going to go care for the dying veterans down the street. 
I'm going to come to church early and help out with the kids because kids matter. Are those things scheduled into your calendar or is it just, I go to work here, my anniversary is here, I have a vacation here, and uh, oh, I get to play golf here, I get to, uh, oh, I get a break from the kids here. Like build in some intentionality. That's the word here, intentionality. How will we update our daily living rhythms? How will we be ambassadors this week? All right? So the paramount callings are your answer. Whatever your question is, whatever you're facing today, you don't know to go this way, to go that way, what to do, da, da, da. The paramount callings are your answer, and more importantly, they're God's heart. So we need to go. And this isn't just about going. It's about having a, pass, uh, a posture. Living out the paramount, paramount callings is having a posture of awareness and surrender and conviction. From that posture leads to the action, to the response. What will your response be in the next five minutes? Will you talk to the person next to you? The next 15 minutes when you get in the car, what are you going to say to your, your, your significant other? If you came alone, when you get home in an hour, what are you going to do in an hour? That matters. Will you just sit down and pray and enjoy God for once and just listen? Tomorrow, when you go to work, what will your response be to the paramount callings? Take this home, write it out, put it on your fridge, triple dog dare you. <laughs> Let's stand and pray. Jason, God, we love you. You're great. Um, and we just take this time to enjoy you and to receive your word. May the word of your son, Jesus, motivate us. May we respond to the callings that you have given us both that are universal and general, but also uniquely how you made us. God, help us as the family of you, the church, uh, to encourage each other, to exhort each other, to push each other on, and that we would shine brightly for you, that others would know the good hope of the cross. Put people people's names and families on our hearts as we fill out these cards and would we be committed to it for your glory, for the health of Montgomery Church, and as devoted followers to you. You're a gracious, loving God. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.